the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. Inlinks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Staff and Grab Podcast, Mike Stevens. This is the coolest, the coolest gal in school, Rachel Dory. Rachel, uh, you look like someone who would be a bad influence on me. I am the kid that like every parent tells their child, stay away from. Exactly. And yet here we are. We're it's you know, look, it, it's it's bright and early on a Friday morning. The sun is searing. The sun is sizzling into this uh into our studio here. We have our we have a power bar duct taped onto the wall so our camera can charge at the same time that it is uh recording for us. It's just everything's just lovely. So Rachel, you know, we don't want to come on here and make every episode a sense episode. We really don't. I'd love to talk about another hockey team. Like we we had to make an entire episode, a Sens episode after Shane Pinto received like the longest suspension in the NHL for it, especially for an off ice incident in a very long time. Yeah. Uh, and then and we thought, OK, we detailed all of their all, all of the troubles, all of the uh, the peril, the peril. Yeah. The chaos, the 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 shenanigans that had unfolded in the in our nation's capital. Um, at the start of the season. Oh, yes, we're Canadian. Yes, we are. Um, and yet it turns out, tip of the iceberg. Tip of the iceberg. Um, yeah, I just got to say, I cannot wait until this sun goes up a little bit more so I can take these sunglasses off and not look ridiculous. That's yeah, fine. You know, I, I like, the, the, I like is, the vibe. The sun is searing into my eyeballs oh, right yeah. now. So um, I'm, I'm glad we switched up the seating arrangement on the podcast because that happened one time where we're recording and the sun just slowly went into my eyes. Mike was getting a tan inside. I've, I've gotten sunburned inside before. That's how pale I am. Are you that white? That's how pale I am. Back in my old place, remember at, at Blue Jays Way? Yeah. Like, I didn't have, like, blinds or whatever, because I, I was too poor. And, <laughs> and I, my, like, the seat, like, my, my recliner was right by right. the window. And there was a day where I was just, like, Saturday or whatever, I was just chilling, watching, like, the Jays game in my recliner. And I'm like, ah, I'm kind of like sore. And I look at my arm because I was wearing like a, like a sleeveless shirt or something. And I was just like roasting inside. That's how white I am. Oh my God. Okay. I'm not that white. Um, no, you can get a tan. I've seen you get a, get a tan. I, yeah. You get a tan. You, I wait till you see. So my mom comes home from our house in Mexico uh, this weekend. Wait till you see, like, I'm going to send you a picture. This woman comes back a different race. Yeah. It's wild. Anyways, back to the sense. Um, okay. So what happened? So first of all, I just like to say that Michael Anlauer is now my favorite owner in the NHL. I kind of... I'm very glad he got the sense. Yeah. I I think, first of all, I think given his experience as an NHL owner in Montreal, he's kind of best suited for it. And now you can see, one, Michael Anlauer, if, if, for people who don't know, is a really successful businessman who doesn't, like, he doesn't operate shady. You know what I mean? Like, Which is rare. It is really rare, but everyone that I talked to in like the business world, because that's the world my parents are in. 
like everyone said, this guy's on the straight and narrow. Like he does things properly, highly ethical, a lot of integrity. And I'm like, hey, that's honestly, we could use some of that. That's great. Sounds good to me. Mm -hmm. But now like seeing this guy in the press conference being like, I don't even tell me why I got stuck with this. So and let's, before we get onto that, let's talk about what actually happened. So the Sens got stripped of a first round pick for their part in the Evgeny Dadnov trade, non-trade between mm -hmm. Vegas and Anaheim. And the backstory is that originally Michael Anlauer had kind of talked the league out of the first round pick strip and Bill Foley went back and kind of like pushed the issue. And so mm -hmm. did the Samuelis, which are the owners of Anaheim. And so it kind of seemed like the reason the Sens got punished was because Vegas didn't want other players slash teams agents thinking that they screw over players. And it's kind of like, well, man, you, you, you got that reputation do. all on your own. So what, what happened back in the day in July and by back in the day, I mean, July, 2021, Back um, in the day, a simpler time. Actually, no, it wasn't. So it was that was. It like was the, a terrible that time. Was the throes of COVID, but July twenty twenty one, uh, uh, the, um, what's it called? The the Ottawa Senators trade forward Evgeny Evgeny Dodonov, uh, to the Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for Nick Holden and a third round pick. Now, bad trade. <laughs> bad trade. Um, on its surface, bad trade. For whom? What do you mean? Like, who do you think is bad? Who do you think it got, got the worst of that trade? Ottawa. <laughs> yes. Um, well, especially because Nick Holden's retired right now. But um, And Evgeny Dadanov is, like, scoring goals for Dallas. Yes, exactly. Uh, he didn't look that good. Uh, like, it, he's on a good team now, which is good. Yeah. But anyway, Dadanov had a 10-team no-trade clause. Now, what's crazy is, like, I believe this information is available on, like, Cap Friendly. Like, I'm not sure if it was at the time. I so can't it corroborate actually, that. the thing is, is it wasn't okay until this situation i verified with central registry mm -hmm. that they don't have a database yeah that's of that's all of the no trade list and i'm like that seems that's very wrong. dumb i remember that was a big thing being like what do you mean you don't have a data like when this is all going down so they still don't have one by the way which is crazy yeah. like you didn't you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to rectify this situation no. No, no no um but yeah so they get so they trade uh they traded on up to, to vegas and they don't inform vegas of his 10 team no trade clause so later that year at the deadline, and by the way, Dodonov at this point makes $5 million. Vegas struggling to make that final playoff push. Um, they're like, all right, let's let's clear some cap space so we can activate Mark Stone, who's again on LTIR until the playoffs. And actively a better player. Yeah. So let's trade Dodonov to the Sens, or not to the uh, the Ducks in exchange for, in in among other things, a second round pick and also Ryan Kessler's contract. Again, committing like salary fraud, but whatever. That's Gary Bettman's problem, not our problem. Exactly. Um, and Dodonov's like, hey there, hey buckaroo, slow down. I got I, an NTC. I got a 10 team no trade. Anaheim is on that on on that list. Why why California is on that list? Not sure. But taxes. Probably tax. Okay. 54%. Taxes. Jeez Louise. So they actually pay more taxes than we do, which I didn't even think that was possible. But yeah, I know, considering how much tax we pay. Just crazy. So he's like, so vetoes that. Can't blame him. And all of this gets messed up. Right. And everyone is kind of clowning on Vegas. So let's leave. Everyone kind of knows. So now we get an investigation. The sends are up for sale. Michael Ann Lauer asks about this. 
And he is told by the group that is selling the sends, nothing to worry about. It's a non-issue. It's a is non-issue. What, is what the word was. He goes, hey, me and a bunch of my friends are about to spend $1.1 billion, billion dollars. like $900 million US, I believe it was. So what, like basically $1.1 billion on this thing. Is there anything we should know? <laughs> and they go, oh, it, there's this one little thing, but it's not a big deal. It's a non-issue. And then God bless him because this quote was truly incredible in the press conference on Thursday, Wednesday. I don't know if a first round picks a non-issue to you, but it's an issue to me. Yes. I'm really glad that this owner has said first round picks are important. We shouldn't just be issuing them for no good reason. That's a good start. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people immediately, and I was definitely one of them, went right to the Blackhawks. Oh, yeah. Everyone did. So... Yes, I understand hockey issue versus non-hockey issue. That's not the point. The point is, is we are saying that violating a no trade clause is a worse violation than a sexual assault cover-up. That's what we're saying there. And it's a sexual assault cover-up that resulted in minors getting sexually assaulted because he went on to coach. Mm -hmm. That's the issue there. But I think the better comparison is the New Jersey Devils because they also Josh Harris and David Blitzer came in. Those are the two guys that I used to work for. Mm -hmm. And they kind of waited. They pushed it off, pushed it off, pushed it off. And the league said, okay, we'll give you your pick back. It's going to be the last pick in the first round. And you're not allowed to trade. Like you can't trade that pick. If you want to trade up in the draft, you have to use whatever else other things, but that pick belongs to you. It cannot be traded. You are picking 30th. It was 30th, right? Yeah. yeah. And that was for the Ilya Kovalchuk 17-year like contract, which was hilarious. Cap circumvention, which is no different than some of the crap that goes on today. So I don't blame... Like, if I'm Michael Anlauer, between Shane Pinto and Evgeny Dadanov, like situations, I'm furious. I've paid $1.1 billion to be told that it's a non-issue, and now I've lost one of my pretty much top young players... And like what? And forfeited a first round pick. And on top of that, it's not just like the material losses here, Shane. Pin- it's it's the hit in like brand. Yeah, like everyone's laughing at the Ottawa Senators right now. We're we're doing a whole podcast basically. It's not all going to be about the Sens, but like we're doing almost a whole podcast about all of the crap that has been going on with the. And Senators. you have to like, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but like I'm kind of rooting. For the Sens now, because they have a new owner who very clearly is super invested in the team. It Mm -hmm. came out this morning that while the Sens are in Sweden for their global tour, he is going to melt the ice and put in the higher quality ice because his players have been complaining about the quality of the ice. So this guy and I don't know if anybody knows how expensive that is. It's very expensive. Multiple millions of dollars. However, but this guy's what I'm saying is is mm -hmm. they clearly have an owner. Who that's cares? really invested in the team. And so for this to be happening to him, I don't like that. It's no, absolutely. Also, can I just say like a, a first round pick is really steep for this. Yeah. Like a third kind of, or maybe at the second that Anaheim was angry about. Yeah. A second would have been fine. Or even like, honestly, and I know it's like, you know, like, like, if you can be like, all right, you give up seconds in consecutive years, like that's that's a lot, but like whatever. It also like the the like a first round pick carries with it like the prestige of a first round pick. Right, it's a big penalty. Um, 
you know, like like in the NBA, teams get stripped of second round picks for tampering or whatever all the time. So the this is something that I was kind of thinking about uh, in regards to Pinto and uh, the Dodano situation. Mm. And then we should probably talk about Pierre Dorian. Yes. But I think my biggest issue with all of this is the NHL's statements in this zero transparency it's like shane pinto was suspended but we're not going to tell you what he was suspended for we're not even going to tell the players so they might get suspended for not even knowing they i said, would have a massive issue by the way if that happened if another player got suspended for what pinto was doing because he didn't know mm-hmm. i would i would lose my mind so elliot friedman said in in 32 thoughts because i read it um last night when it got posted that players like after that happened players across the league were like blowing up their agents phones being like am i like could this happen to me like, exactly am I doing something wrong so lack of transparency there mm-hmm. then the dad and off thing total lack of transparency we don't even know what the sends did yeah but it warranted a first round pick and getting fired i don't to if you are gonna strip a first round pick or you are gonna suspend a player 41 games we you need, have to we need a little bit more information like yeah. you don't have to be completely transparent because maybe there's stuff in the background that was negotiated especially with pinto but for the dodonoff thing y- you can't just be like hey this is the end of this no 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 be upfront about what the heck is going on you, you have to have some transparency you can't expect fans to shell out you know like like their hard-earned money for merch shell out their hard-earned money for tickets and also like and then treat them buy-in yeah and then you could just be like oh yeah your favorite player he's suspended for 41 games and we're only going to tell you like the like the i would say like sort of the The vibe subject yeah the vibe of his suspension we're not going to tell you yeah like this is i can't even believe i'm going to say this this suspension and punishment is more vague than like Department of Player Safety, mm-hmm. who I actually think this year has, has done been a pr- doing a great job. Pretty and good I, job. And listen, I want to be because I found it very funny last year that, you know, we were it was at Batman State of the Union. And I asked him about George Peros. I basically said, like, do you think it's responsible for a guy in charge of player safety to you know, actively endanger players? Well, also like to have to have had like be the co-founder of a of a brand called Violent Gentleman celebrating <laughs> yeah. violence. And as I asked that question, George Peros walked into the room. Apparently, dead. I did not know. I was like right at the front. Um, so I've been hard on Peros, and I want to say, fantastic job this year. Right, and the fact that Charlie McAvoy is appealing his four game suspension, buddy, you should have gotten like six. This is your second suspension for a hit to the head, well, and it was bad. And it'll get. And this one will get like Batman will come and overrule it as well. Like this will be the second straight. And hopefully this will be like players will be like, no, you're not doing this. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, All right. But anyway, back to Dorian. So this was apparently the straw that broke the camel's back. And he was going to be out anyways. Like they hired Sean Tierney, who is super smart Mm -hmm. analytics wise. Obviously, Pierre Maguire was gone before any of this. But like Pierre Maguire was a Eugene thing. Exactly. Yeah. It kind of felt like the writing was on the wall. And I feel like. So Ian Mendez had a piece in The Athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I thought it did a really good job of like detailing Pierre Dorian's um, tenure yeah. as Sen's GM. And Pierre Dorian did do a lot of really great things like Tim Stutzla, Jake Sanderson, yeah. like I have a list Brady of... Kachuk. Like we'll go through it quickly. Yeah. But but the problem he has is now his legacy is He's totally tarnished. The man's mm-hmm. right. With, I'd even I'd even bring that up. Yeah. Right. Uh, Forgot all about that. Dodonov, mm-hmm. he's oh, he oversaw the Duchesne thing. Like, so here, so I, 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 I'm in our prep. I did a 
the list of like good moves sort of that he okay. had made. Like, like, let's like, rhyme them off. And we'll break them down. Cause I want to, I want, I do <clears throat> sorry, sort of want to do a bit of a breakdown of Pierre Dorian's like legacy here, because he's been a very embattled GM. And we have to keep in mind that Eugene was a big part of yes, that for a lot of it. He was kind of general managing with one hand tied behind his back. And I think what happened here basically is he was so, uh, he was so used to do like basically fighting with one hand behind his tie behind his back that when he finally got both hands free that he just started punching himself in the face <laughs> with one of them because he didn't know what to do with his with, with having two free hands. Right. Um, you know, it's like when a baby deer like has these long legs or like, oh, I don't know what to do with these things. The, the yeah. giraffes when they're born. Yeah, exactly. But Pierre, baby giraffe. And and to, and also I want to say Pierre Dorian is a baby, baby giraffe. giraffe. That's a weird, weird image, man. That's a but but what I also want to say too with, with Dorian is like some of his and we're gonna list like his his good some of his good moves here. I would say his best moves. But hey, we're we're into the the sun has gone past sunglass territory here. It's great. Um, but like a lot of his moves, like his good moves, are just like re-signing his own RFAs. Which like there's there's value to that. Yeah, like Stutzla contract, good. Kachuk contract, good. San- Sanderson like contract, Sanderson. excellent. But like like how hard is it to re-sign your own players? Not difficult. Especially when you like it's not even like they're gonna be UFAs, like like you have the right, so it's not even like they have a say in it. Like it's anyway, so obviously drafting Kachuk, Stutzla, and Sanderson and then signing those deals. That was good. Ten out of ten on those. All yeah. of them. Ten I would out of say, ten. You know, like sign like Signing Giroux and Tarasenko, like Giroux, definitely Tarasenko has has played well for the Sens this year, despite what Sean Simpson <laughs> might say. Um, so that's good. Uh, and then acquiring Jacob Chikrin, that that, Absolutely. that trade was fantastic, phenomenal. Um, He's made the core of this team exactly. Being able to keep in mind that core has like has a ceiling of like being tenth in 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 the conference at this point, <laughs> considering that's all they've accomplished. But okay. Um, on top of that, the Eric Carlson trade. They they were able as much as it was bad that that situation got to that point, and that's on he got he was able like he it netted them the the draft picks to get Josh Norris and Tim Stutzla, and it got them a season of Dylan Demello that they then turned I believe into a second round pick. Yeah, they won that trade, so they they were able to get that good. And then Ryan Dezingle in a seventh for two second round picks and Anthony Duclair, not bad. Good. And then also getting a first and like I guess other prospects for uh, Peugeot. At the deadline. Yeah. Very, very good considering what he's getting paid. The only that. trade that they really lost, um, uh, like the big trade, was the Mark Stone trade. They lost that trade. So, no, there's a lot more that they lost. No, but I'm saying the big, big trades, like Carlson, Stone. Um, Would you say Zabinajad is not a big trade? Did he make that deal? He did. So, Zabinajad. At the time, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, okay. Now it's a big deal. Now it's crippling, basically. But at the time, um, but trading. whereas Mark Stone was like, yeah, Mark Stone was was like a Selkie. I believe he did he win a Selkie. No, he's was a nominee though. Yeah. And like the second that trade was made, I was like, this is a bad trade. Yeah. Um, and then he just captained his team to the cup. So remarkable. Um, but yeah, so bad, like a couple of his bad moves, I would say. Okay. Uh, so right now, all good. He's those are those are good. It. Those are good trades. Like like perfect and signings. I think those have all set set like built the core. I want to add. You could even add the Thomas Shabbat contract. Oh, in there I too. don't like the Thomas Shabbat. Okay, contract never mind that you don't add the Thomas Shabbat contract <laughs> into that. You just pretend I didn't say that. Okay. Um. But on top of that, and like then then we wade into more of the Pierre Dorian. Uh, 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 I would say like muddy waters. The let him will. cook sort of situation. The summer of Pierre, like yeah. So. um Zabinajad uh, trade. He traded Mika Zabinajad and a seventh round pick, uh, 
uh, or sorry, Zibanejad and a second round pick for Broussard in a seventh. Yeah, we don't even need to talk about how bad that is. We know that's bad. Yeah. Both Matt Duchesne trades were bad. Yeah. To get Matt Duchesne, you know, giving up Kyle Turris, the pick that became Bowen Byram, Shane, uh, I, I think the pick that became Shane Bowers or actual Shane Bowers. I can't it was actual one. Shane Bowers. Actual Shane Bowers. Listen, at the time he was a top prospect, so that's bad. Um, and then on top, and then to to trade him out to Columbus, what they got back was Vitaly Abramov. He's in the the KHL. Jonathan Davidson. He's in the SHL. And Lassie Thompson. They just waived him, and then they got him back. But like brutal. Suboptimal, Mark, I would say. The Mark Stone trade was horrendous. They didn't even get a first round pick. Right, they got Eric Brandstrom. And then DJ Smith proceeded to yo-yo him and ruin him. Yep. So that was brutal. Booty cheeks. Matt, the Matt Murray, people forget that they they not only signed Matt Murray to that contract, they not only signed Matt Murray to four years at $6.25 million per after he was coming off two very bad, poor seasons to the point where Pittsburgh was like, please take this guy. Yeah. They traded for him. Jim Rutherford, that was like, I've actually spoken to Jim about this. I'm not going to detail the conversation yeah. but that was a heist they gave, like, up, they gave up a second round pick and a prospect i can't remember what the, who the prospect is but they gave irrelevant a, yes. yeah a, an, an underrated one too is zaitsev and to another extent like connor connor brown was fine but getting Zaitsev, basically trading zaitsev for cc because you could have done basically what the leafs did you 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 just grin and bear it for one more year of yeah. of, of uh, uh cody cc at what will be 4.5 probably you know he's not a good fit Fine. Whatever. But you grin and bear it. And then after that, he's UFA can sign anywhere. Instead, they traded CC. Not only did they help their fiercest divisional rival out of a cap crunch. Yeah. It made no sense. They they, literally made zero sense. They also acquired Nikita Zaitsev for four years, four more years of Nikita Zaitsev at $4.5 million. And then to get rid of him, they had to pay a second round pick. Yeah, it was not ideal. And then, and then the final one that I just have, and these were just sort of off the top of my head here, Cam Talbot for Philip Gustafson. Not ideal. We trade a guy who is like the franchise goalie in Minnesota. Alex Debrinkat trade. And the Alex Debrinkat. And I didn't even bring that up, but the Alex, just because it hasn't been long. Like, I think it's just happened. Like it's no, bad. no, no. Like, no, I'm talking the Alex DeBrigat trade from Chicago. Oh, yeah. Given up was, the seventh overall pick, basically. And yeah, others. Uh, Kevin Gorchinski, who's already in the NHL and looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah not ideal. Um, Just brutal. Yeah. Like, I think it's a very um, this is one of those situations where there's nuance to it. I'd say. It's a very complicated um, kind of mishmash of stuff right there was a lot of really good like let's face it that core the most important parts of the team are locked in and that's super and that's super, all on dorian that's super important however a lot of the moves set the team back and so i think this team could be a lot better than it is it's still a pretty good team mm-hmm. considering he did all of this with one hand behind his back with the exception of the Debrinkat trades, Ugh. but a lo- like a good chunk, like a good chunk of the recent missteps that have happened, um, like they've come when he's had impunity. You know, they've come when he's been able to actually do his job without worrying about all this stuff. They've come, you know, when he hasn't had. So the- maybe Eugene was right to like not let him cook. I don't. I think well, no contracts. Was- actually, the Corpus Allo contract uh- rough. Um, listen, like pretty other than like Giroux like think about think like you just 
it just seems like the sense could you're right the sense could have been so much better right they're good they but have they a very good core but like think about how much better they could be with a defense that has a Kevin Korchinski on it. Think about how much better they could be, you know, if they, if they like, had Bowen Byram, if they had Bowen Byram or, or how much better they would be if they had like this version of Mika Zibanejad, you know, like, Bruh. like, and to be fair, like that changes history. Like, would they have been able to draft these guys? No, well, obviously. But like, it just, that was a bad trade, man. It was a really bad trade. All right. Um, We're all right. done with the sense. We're done with the sense. Moving on. To- all I'll say is I'm rooting for them because you've got an owner now that I'm like, I like you. And he's clearly doing a lot of stuff for the team. I think they're pesky. Yeah, they're man. Kind of fun. And they've got a German. So obviously, yeah. I, uh, I'm rooting for them. You know what? I think the fans have suffered enough. Oh, 100%. I was definitely having a little bit of schadenfreude. Yep. Um, when, that, he's getting closer, guys. We're learning. Um, I, at this point, I have to. Um, you know, but like when it, when all this was was dropping the start of the year, but like because fans got pretty high and mighty during the off season. But I mean, no one deserves to suffer this much. No, this, so now this I'm, is bad. Now I'm, I'm rooting for them, Rachel. We're gonna spend like max two minutes on this because there's not much else to say. But neck protection is making its way into the NHL. Yeah. So I spoke to somebody um, <clears throat> who was alive. When all of this went down, if in Canada, if you or Europe, if you were born after 1993, so basically 30 we years, if you're 30 years or younger, you played your entire minor hockey career wearing a neck guard. Mm-hmm. So pretty much everyone in the NHL that's from Canada, which is 50 percent of the league or Europe, which is, I believe, another 10 to 20 percent. So like 60 to 70 percent of the league played with a neck guard growing up. They're all capable of doing it. Um like, let's just do this. But Nikolai Ehlers has done it. TJ Oshie has done it. Mm-hmm. Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson's a big one because he's a superstar, right? Mm-hmm. If somebody like... The Randy Norris winner. If somebody like Austin Matthews, who is, I think we can all agree, the swag king. Yes. Right? David Posternock, too. Swag king of the NHL said, I'm going to wear a neck guard for safety reasons. I think that would do a ton for, like, other players feeling comfortable. Yeah. But TJ Oshie's company... You you looked into this. Yes. Warrod Hockey. Mm-hmm. He makes neck guards. He does. And he's had he said he's had people reach out. He's yeah. been inundated and to the point Good. where like the only <clears throat> the only thing is, that that is holding ba- and what this has revealed, I guess, is the supply issue. Like not like there was not a big demand for neck protection. And now there, and now there is. There is. And, and Oshi, a good like a good thing of Oshi is like he's just he's not trying to make a buck on this. He's just like it's important to him. And so he has a company, he just happens to have a company that, that makes it. And so he's not trying to squeeze, he's not, you know, doing the, you know, the Amazon Clorox thing during the pandemic where they like yeah. juice the prices 500%. He's just like, if you need it, like, I'm, Let me sure, know. I'm sure you're good for it. I'll ship it out to you. Like, it's fine. Like, he's just trying to get as many guards on as many necks as possible. And Rasmus Dahlin wore one and yes. that's a superstar. Um, But even like in the AHL, like a bunch, like the, because you can mandate it in the AHL. Yeah, so the, the Rochester Americans, uh, they didn't, I don't think they mandated, but they, they, the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins mandated it. Dubas mandated it yes. for the entire. So yeah. Dubas mandated it for the, the, the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. Um, uh, Providence Bruins, like half their roster is wearing it. I believe the Marlies are oh, they're in the process, process. of, of, yeah. of kind of doing it. Like it's, it's important. It's one of those. This is this could be a situation where we look back and we go, man, I can't believe players used to play without helmets. No, that's actually insane. goalies used to play without masks. Yeah. And now, like, I bet, you know, in 
30, 40 years, we're going to look back and be like, man, I can't believe players used to play without neck guards. It's crazy. You yeah, play like, with knives strapped to your skates. And the thing that people forget in this is like... Brendan hockey, Shanahan said it the best. You literally play with knives on your yeah. feet. Hockey has never been faster, which means skates have never been sharper. Like the actual like technology of sharpening skates... Skates have never been sharper than they are right now. Yeah, skates would be considered registered weapons. You can't bring skates on a flight. No! What are you, nuts? Like, you can bring cleats on a flight. You cannot bring skates on a flight. They'll be like, that's a knife. It's like, you might as well bring a box cutter on the flight. Yeah, like, like, you know, or a machete. (laughs) Well, they basically are machetes. They're like this long. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, look, it's really good. And basically, if these bigger players start enacting them, and in Canada, you have to play with Necker, like we just said. Um, Yeah, they straight up will not let you on the ice. And they shouldn't. But like, there's, you know, like, basically, it it looks, it look it, it. it seemed like just a, it's it's like cages where it seemed like a thing that players kind of have to do in their minor days and they ditch and they get to the NHL. We get the NH, the the big NHLers wearing them now. Players will be like, like oh, I, so like NHL players when they're they're like, oh, it's uncomfortable. You know what's uncomfortable? Dying. When you're dead. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. Uh, bleeding out. Yeah. Let's talk about what's less comfortable. Uh, hip resurfacing surgery. <laughs> oh yeah, that's not. Yeah. So Nicholas cute. Backstrom, he underwent that. He did in, uh, I believe in July or June, no, June. It was June of 2022. Yeah. I remember writing that news hit, uh, in the Colorado avalanche press room during the cup final. So it was June. Yes. Um, hip resurfacing surgery is just about the most invasive surgery you can do when it comes to hips. Yeah. Or so body. I'm not going to explain it. It's grueling. Like it's basically grueling. they take a sander mm-hmm. and go like, on your hip they buff it out yeah know? they basically buff out like i'm gonna have to buff out some dummy that hit my car and ran away imagine that's a vital bone but imagine your that's your hip yeah it's it is more painful than a hip replacement <laughs> like, it is brutal and like like my aunt got a hip replacement two weeks ago and ouchie it's yeah my yeah. grandmother's had both hips done yeah She's like the bionic woman at this point. It's great. She's oh. more machine. I, I make a joke with my aunt now that she's like RoboCop. She's like more machine than than Her. woman now. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it, it's brutal. And I believe there are two players who like in recent memory who have undergone re- hip resurfacing surgery. Ed Jovanovsky did it and played like ten games. Came back, played ten games. Basically realized he was washed and got waved. Yeah. And then. Ryan Kessler underwent hip resurfacing surgery because he was dealing with hip stuff forever and he never played again. Right. Backstrom, though, gets hip resurfacing surgery. And then I believe it was nine months later or four months later, he was back on the ice like skating. Yeah. And then like nine months later is back in game action. But that has lingered for a while. Right. And so I think we've seen the last of Nick Backstrom, so? which is super unfortunate. So he announced that he announced and why we're talking about this because he announced on uh, Wednesday that he is taking some time to step away from the game. Uh, there's lingering effects to this. So he's trying to determine sort of what, uh, what his next steps are. And you think we've seen the last of him? I think we've seen the last of him. I frankly speaking, I think the only reason he tried to come back was for Ovechkin. Yeah. Um, I think Nicholas Baxter might go down as the most underrated player of our young generation. Without a doubt. I because think, yeah. his ability to pass the puck was right up there with Joe Thornton. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he might not be in the Hall of Fame, but he's got a cup. He's got an Olympic medal. Do you think he'll be in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. I think he's might be the Hall of Very Good. Um, the thing about Nick Backstrom, though, is he... I, I loved watching Nick Backstrom play. Like, he was one of the most lethal passers on the power play. And, 
I mean, you just had you had a power play that had Mike Green, Nicholas Backstrom, Alex Ovechkin, and then it had John Carlson. Then it had TJ Oshie and Evgeny Kuznetsov. But the pillars of that power play were Nick Backstrom and Alex Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the percentage of goals Ovi has scored, Backstrom has assisted on over 50% of his career goals. I, you know what? I think there's a case to be made for Backstrom. What, is, what are his totals? So his totals are he's played 1,105 games. Okay. Uh, two, oh, so he's got the silver stick. Yeah, All right. So he's got the silver stick. He's well past silver stick. Um, yeah. He's got 271 career goals. Okay. So he was never really a goal scorer. But he never was. Yeah. yeah. How many assists? Uh, but his assists, he has 762. I was going to, got to be close to 1,000. And, and 1,033 points. Oh, so he's got a thousand points. Yes, he has a thousand points. He has a cup. He led. Uh, he led the league in, in assists. Like in terms of league leaders, he led the league in assists in uh, 2014-15 with sixty. But he also had totals that were like in his second year in the league, he had sixty-six assists. His That's third, absurd. His third year, sixty-eight. Um, you know, almost then, a nice amount. Then, uh, uh, then, then in 2013, 14, 61, 60, 50, 63, 50, 52. And then we go, go down the list. Okay. Was, I changed my mind. He he's was, not first ballot, but he's he gets, probably, I think it. he gets in there. He was also like it, the thing that, that does hold me back though. And this is probably because he was, uh, you know, he was sort of the Robin to Ovechkin's Batman for so long is that he doesn't have a ton of individual accolades. Like literally the only thing is he was on the first team, all rookie. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it. Well, we don't have, and this has always bothered me. You need like, to have a playmaker, like an assist award. award. And it's very easy. You call it the Wayne Gretzky exactly. Award. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Because if Wayne like, Gretzky never scored a goal in the, in the NHL, he'd still be their all-time points leader. So Which fun. is the most, I think, the most insane stat in sports. It is. It's absurd. It's crazy. Yeah. So I think um, that is, that's where I kind of stand on Basham. I don't think he's ever going to play again, which is very sad for somebody who, like, I... Nick Backstrom was one of the players I wanted to be. The thing is, like, he has a cup. So, like, cup. like, other than being there for when Ovechkin gets the all-time goal record, like, like being on He's the He's not going to last another three years, so it's not even going to matter. Exactly. But I do wonder if Ted Leonsis, because Ted Leonsis is known for, like, treating... Yes. If you are loyal to the Caps, he'll be loyal to you. Oh, yeah. I wonder if they LTIR him and Ted Leonsis says, we will pay out your, oh, your contract. yeah, yeah. Like that kind of thing, I could I can totally see that. Is it insured? I bet it's probably insured. It probably is, but I I I think Ted Leons is going to make him whole anyways. Yeah, and like that w- that's couch change for him. Yeah, it doesn't. Oh yeah, it, like the guy owns monumental sports and entertainment. Yeah, like, it's it's the, not a big deal. Yeah. Um, and then finally, Rachel, and I think it was just important that we bring this up: the San Jose Sharks. Yo, we might be seeing <laughs> the worst. So they just lost ten one to the Vancouver Canucks last night. 10 to- okay, I was not aware of that. I really was in bed. They just lost 10-1. Which means I won I bet on the Vancouver Canucks last night. Did JT Miller score? Um probably. Okay. Did Quinn Hughes Quinn Hughes Quinn definitely Hughes got had a this. five point night? Okay, so I won the bet because my bet was Vancouver Canucks money line, Vancouver Canucks team total over three and a half, JT Miller they to got score. That. And Quinn Hughes to get an assist. So Quinn Hughes got four assists last night. So shout out to the Vancouver yeah. Canucks, baby. And if he keeps this up a little bit, I want to have like a full Quinn Hughes segment uh, because he is absolutely on fire this year. Like, Which uh, who called that one? Uh, you did. Also, I drafted him in fantasy, so I can't help but feel somewhat responsible for this. Um, but the, I want to. Talk- Everyone thinks that I just want to slander the Canucks, and it's like no. Like I actually, I'm you probably like people of, there. I'm one of. The people that's been trumpeting Quinn Hughes is being super underrated for a while now. So I want to talk about whether or not, and like real quick before before we end the show, 
They are 0-9 and 1. They're still searching. This is worse than the Leafs, 0-7 and 1. The 07 and fun year. So they're 09 and fun. They haven't won yet. They have not won a game. They have. That's, oh my that's God. 10 games. That's, guess how many goals they've scored. I believe it's nine. It's 10. After last night, they got one. Okay. So it's 10, 10 goals. How many goals do you think they've, they've allowed in 10 games? I've. Okay. I'm going to guess. Cause I like, this is how bad I have not looked at the prep. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say 47. You're close. It's 44. Jeez. It is. Abs- They're average giving up four and a half goals a game. Yes. Thank you. I'm going to mash the team total of every team who plays them now. Is it like bad goaltending or are they just bad? It. Uh, They're just bad because. And this is with Thomas Hurdle and Logan Couture. Like imagine when they trade them. Exactly. Dear God. I, and on top San of that. San Jose Sharks fans. I'm sorry. On top of that. Their power play percentage. The, oh, the yeah. average in the nhl is 20.83 percent what do right. you think zero what do you think their power percent is? Zero. Do you think it's zero it's not zero. Oh, okay that would be insane it's not zero what, do what you think? is it it's 14.81 oh the average again comparing to league average is 20.8 their pa- their penalty kill the league average is 79.62 that's bad that's bad that's still a bad that's like, bad like, yeah penalty kill is down this year what do you think their PK is? Is it better or worse than the Canucks last year, who set the league record? What was the what was this? Like fifty six percent. Okay, no, it's not. It, there's it's sixty nine point two three. Nice, which is nice. <laughs> Take a guess at what their PDO is. Oh man, it's got to be like eighty nine. Ninety three point four. Now I want to compare that to the twenty sixteen seventeen Avs, who were who finished with atrocious forty eight points. This is one. This is like one of the worst teams in recent memory that we can think of. I'm gonna run my model quickly to see how many points the Sharks are expected to get this so year. So keep in mind. Keep in mind the Avs. This was. This is the worst. This is very, very well regarded as the worst team of the post lockout era. Yeah, it was like them and the McDavid Sabers. <clears throat> yeah, the the McGeichel Sabers. Yeah, we call it. but this is like definitively. They scored 2.01 goals per game. So it's a full, they're a hundred percent better than, uh, uh, than the, than the sharks. They allowed 3.37 goals per game, which is rough, but so they're 25% they're a f- worse. They're a full goal better in, in they, they allowed. A That's full what I mean. Like the sharks less. are 25% worse yeah. in goals against. That's not good. Their power play was worse at 12.55%. Oh, wow. That's like actively difficult. But their PK was better at 76.64. And Probably because they had a bunch of plebs who were penalty killers. And their PDO, which means they even got better goaltending and shooting percentage luck, was 97.4, which, which is was, which is still terrible. Which is but but it's acceptable. But was better that we I think we are barreling towards the worst team of the like So they're the, getting one of Celebrini, Iserman, or Demidov. If they get Hondo. Well, like if you finish last, don't you have you get a top three pick. Yeah, top three pick. Yeah. So they're gonna get one of them. But if I like literally, if I was San Jose and we finish out this year, and I finish with the third overall pick, I'm, I'm furious. Like there are drywall holes all over the the team office. Yeah. Um. This is like, and I, it's gonna be great when like, oh no, Chicago can't win because they got bedard. Yeah. But I was gonna say it's gonna be great when like some team like jumps them. Like the the oil. Speaking of which, um, considering we talked about it last episode, yeah. I had to bring this up. Did you see the Arizona Coyotes tweet when you don't draft Logan Cooley first overall? Whoever runs Arizona social media, 
You know what? They were a little unhinged during the off season. Um, and, and I'm here for and it. And somewhat, like somewhat embarrassing when after their like their 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 land agreement gets gets like deleted. Okay, they no, were just I like, yo, so funny. Yo, what's up, people? Like, where should we play or whatever? I'm like, yo, this is elite. Like, this is like a major sports league. Like, it's funny, but you can't do this this stuff. But I like it when teams are able to. What? Sorry, the sharks. In my model, are projected to finish with thirty nine points. Oh my god! We've never seen something like that. Before. Like, like I think the the closest we've seen is like when the expansion rules were like in nineteen sixty seven. Like the expansion rules were, were like specifically designed to make teams bad for some reason out the out the gate. Thirty nine points. That's crazy. Oh my god! I think we better end on that note because yeah. that's like depressing. I, Sharks fans, I'm so sorry. I'm so, but hopefully, you, we didn't ruin your day here. You're probably gonna get a really, really, really good player. Listen, you're probably gonna get Max Celebrini, and he was a San Jose jun- Junior Shark growing up. Man, that would be awesome. You know, like I get you, you, you draft him, and you just show millions of pictures of him as a little kid wearing a San Jose Junior Shark. Basically, jersey. do what the Leafs did with Marner. Yeah, or do what the Leafs did or do with, 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 uh, with Tavares to bring like it's yeah. it's great. Um, but, I'm on side with that. Okay, I'm on the here's what I'm on the two trains that I'm okay, on. Okay, where do you two trains? Sens and 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 Macklin Celebrini to the Sharks. Yeah. that's what I'm on. I think that's great. I also love the Sharks like teal uniforms. Like I think oh, it would look fantastic. I would like one of those. And I think yeah. that and I think that uh, I think that Celebrini will look great in that. So until until Monday, Rachel. We uh, we bid everyone a f- uh, adieu. Rachel, do you want to leave? Uh, obviously, follow us on on Twitter, social media, Instagram, all that. Subscribe on YouTube and, and TikTok. If you have a couple bucks, donate to Jumpstart. Jumpstart because it helps kids overcome financial barriers to. Sp- Absolutely, we love Jumpstart and Canadian Tire, and also Easter Seals. We will see you on Monday. <laughs>